Welcome to the ride. Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. This may be the best go-to show for financial tips in your podcast library. Host Chris Duro addresses 15 topics, offering a quick, brief synopsis for each. Now, the points he makes can help you get a better handle on your finances now and in the future. Chris? Thanks, Patrice. Yeah, so today we're going to do something a little different. This is going to give 15 quick hit financial tips, kind of a rapid fire type style. Uh, I will try to keep it 60 seconds or less on each, may creep over a little bit on some of them, um, but I'm going to try my best just to kind of give 15 quick tips here. So I'll just jump right into it. And we'll start with the first one is creating a financial calendar. So what this is, if you don't trust yourself to remember to do things such as like pay your quarterly income taxes or city taxes or contribute to your child's RESP for education to get the to get the grants because you get those in the, each calendar year. Contribute your tax-free savings account in January when you get the new room or your RSP contribution or checking maturity dates on things like life insurance, GICs if you have them, your auto and home insurance renewals, all that stuff. Well, it's difficult, to, like many things, to keep track of all that. And it's good to set appointment reminders where a lot of people don't do that. Of course, people will set reminders for doctor's appointments or to take their car in to get fixed, but they don't really necessarily set financial reminders. So there's all kinds of reminder apps and things or just whatever calendar system you use, but it is good to be putting these money to do's in a calendar, just as you would any other important dates. So that's just number one. It's a relatively important one. And advisors will thank you very much if you put a reminder in there for the RSP deadline. So you're not calling us the 11th hour to put an RSP contribution in. Okay, next one is checking your interest rates. This is applicable right now. We are in a raising interest rate environment. So which loan should you pay off first? Uh, well, the one with the highest interest rate. Which savings account should you open? Well, the one with the best interest rate. So bottom line here is you have to pay attention to interest rates. And it can make a big difference in your after-tax cash flow. So right now, as I mentioned, with raising interest rates, if your mortgage is coming due, you may soon want to contact the institution that you're with before the maturity date because they will allow you for, or most will allow you for earlier renewals. And just see if there's an option to do that before the Bank of Canada raises interest rates again, because they will be. So that can make a big difference in your after-tax income that you just have less going to interest rates. It's better to be having that money, obviously go to principal payments. Next one is, next one is tracking your net worth. So the difference of your net worth is basically the difference between your assets and your debt. And it's the big picture number that can tell you really where you stand financially. It is important to keep an eye on it and it can help you. It can just kind of give you the idea of if you're making progress or not towards your financial goals or tell you if you're kind of starting to backslide. It's, it's all about increasing that. So sure, it can feel good if your house and investments went up and you feel great about that in one year, but then if you took on a whole bunch more debt, 
you may think you're, you're going forward, but you're either stagnant or maybe you went backwards. So it is very important to keep track of that. And that's the whole point of advisors is helping clients to increase their net worth. There's many net worth calculators online that you can just simply download to your phone or save to your desktop if you're looking for one. It's, I don't have many clients that come to us that have automatically done this on their own. So it is important just to keep track of that. And that ties into my next one, which is keeping check of your cash flow. I've spoken on many of my podcasts about cash flow and how important it is, but it is one of the most important things you can do to protect your finances, to know your cash flow for your household. It like a business, money in and money out. And what is the bare minimum amount you need to come in to support your family's lifestyle? Right now, is there more money at the end of the month or is there more month at the end of the money? Some people have no idea. It's just free flowing and they just go through their monthly expenditures and just kind of hoping there's, there's money left at the end of the month. Well, you ask any business owner, they don't do that. They know exactly what's coming in, what's going out and what the bare minimum is they need to make to keep their business operational. Well, it's the same thing with personal finances. And I've mentioned multiple times before, if you don't have a cash flow sheet, you can go to our website, threehatsfinancial.ca. And in the top right corner, there's a resource section and you can click on there. And there's a really good example of a cash flow sheet. And for a lot of time with our clients, I, we ask them just to save that to their desktop. So each year they can just do a quick review of that after they spent the time to do it the first time and let us know if anything significantly changed. Retirees and pre-retirees, huge that you, ha you have an idea of what your cash flow is. And just really can't stress enough that that needs to be done. It's just, it's one of the more important things that a couple or young family or retirees can do. And it, basically protects your family's lifestyle. And I can't really think of many more things that's much more important than that. Uh, so that was a little over 60 seconds, but uh, some will take a little bit longer than others. So moving along, uh, the next one is developing the habit of putting money away for financial priorities. So basically saving, paying off debt. So, and by priorities, what I mean is building up things like emergency savings or paying off debt or padding up your retirement nest egg. You should get in the habit of savings and, and, and saving and investing, even if like it's not as much as you would hope to do, just start by as much as you can each week or bi-weekly or monthly. The amount you save, it's important, but it's also what's even more important is just the habit you're creating by doing that, which will help you make more money down the road because you're going to, when you have more money, you're going to have that muscle memory of just, okay, well, I got paid. Here's the amount that needs to go to savings and investing. And you want to take advantage of that and get in the habit of doing that. There's all kinds of different formulas and numbers and all this stuff. Uh, the more common one is, is 10%, at least 10% of your income. So it, it really is just once you do your cash flow, how much do you have left at the end of the month? And a good portion of all of that, or a good chunk of that story should be going towards that. I'll just mention one last thing, Patrice, on that is that. I speak each semester at Western University to, uh, or each year, sorry, to the graduating physical therapy students there. And I go through a lot of things, but I always tell them, okay, just listen to this one last point because it's, it's an important one and they all raise their heads usually. And I'm like, you need to remember to put money aside, pay yourself first. Many financial gurus use that term that when you get paid, you just don't let that money go into your bank account. And that's it. Immediately that day or the next day, 
if you get paid biweekly, you get paid monthly, a portion of that comes off and that goes in towards investing. That is how you will be successful. And it's just good, as I, as I mentioned, to get that muscle memory of doing that and doing that for a very, very long time. And let me just jump in here and make this even longer than 30 seconds or, or 60. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much. It can just be a little, little bit. Just start it. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how that just adds up over the years. And I've had other, I've had people on the op opposite end. I'm going to talk about RESPs here in a second, but I've had couples in their fifties and they're like, wow, that went quick. We kept saying we we're going to start putting money away monthly in our kids' education fund. And now we have three kids turning or three kids in the next 12 months going to university. Some people might be thinking like, well, how's that possible? I'm like, well, you have one kid going and then 12 months later, you have the two twins going or three twins going or three triplets going. We've had those, <laughs> those scenarios and that's a whole bunch of money. And it's even with the RESPs, it's just something to put away is better than obviously nothing. Okay. Starting with sm small debts to help you conquer the big ones. So if you have debt studies show paying off the little debts can give you that confidence to tackle the larger ones, you know, like paying off a modest balance on like a higher type credit card. Like there's some, they still have those department store credit cards, I guess. Paying that off before you pay like the big balance one on like your regular uh, Visa or MasterCard. Now, obviously, preferably the credit cards at the highest interest rates are the better ones to pay off first, but they do show studies that there's like that achievement of even of paying the little ones off and wiping them out completely will just feel good and give you that, that motivation to keep going and paying things off. So it's just important if you have different interest rates on different parts of debt that you want to be paying those off. Obviously, consolidating or getting into one is easier because the, I always tell people the easier you make your money, like one credit card, one checking account, one line of credit, one credit card, all that stuff. I think I said credit card twice. It just makes things so much easier. And that's going to help you progress because if you have all these credit cards, lines of credits, same with like investment. Sometimes we'll have people here empty shopping bags with all these statements and people, they just don't even know what they have. So the simpler you can make your money in that, the, e the easier it will be and the more success you will have. This is a total random one, <laughs> not necessarily a financial tip, but I'm going to throw it in here. So protecting your eight hours may sound really weird, but basically the concept is we sleep eight hours. Uh, young parents will probably be laughing at me for that. Uh, you work at least eight hours. Entrepreneurs will be laughing at me for that one, um, but I'm kind of going here at the averages. And then the other eight hours of the day, those are the important ones, the ones that you must protect at all costs. Those are the hours that are going to change your life for better or for worse. Are you using those eight hours to learn a new skill, invest in yourself, spend time with loved ones, exercise, et cetera. So for myself, those eight hours, which are usually more than that, because I, I very rarely sleep eight hours, but I'm very, very protective over those hours. And as I get even older, I realize how much more valuable time is because it's the one resource we can't create more of. It doesn't matter how much money or how successful you are or that you just, you can't create more time. So I'm very protective over those hours. And nowadays we have more enemies towards those hours than we ever have. And that the biggest one of that social media, Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff can just eat away at those protected eight hours plus that we need to make sure that we're utilizing. 
Uh, actually, there's a, a author wrote a book on this. Robert Pagliariani wrote a book on, it's called The Other Eight Hours, if someone wants a deeper level of that. But totally random. I just had an event happen this morning when I was taking the garbage out where I'm like, okay, I got to start protecting these hours. So I thought I would just mention that. Get a will and power of attorney done. I've talked about this before. Everyone should have this, not just the rich. Over the years, I've come across people in their 70s uh, or people in high-risk jobs such as police and fire. No will, not done. I, I remember having a couple in their 70s. They're like, yeah, we kept meaning to get around to that. And I'm thinking, okay, like I, I get it. People are busy, but it's a pretty important thing to make sure you have done. So it is why it's important to get these done is basically if you don't have one, your estate's not going to go where you want it to. It's as simple as that. If you have children, you're leaving it up to the courts to pick who the guardian your children are going to be. So that's pretty important. Now, they're not going to just give them to your neighbor. Like obviously there's a chart and it's going to go to family and things like that. But it's, I don't know, there's a lot of families where you don't want it to go to a sibling or someone close as far as the family chart goes because of dynamics. So very, very important there. If you want a full episode on that, we did one episode six where it's called Why Everybody Needs a Will. But really, I'll just touch on this again too, is that new clients, when they come to us, a lot of them will have it done, but it's out of date. So you should review it every five years. Or if you've had a significant transition or major life event, such as getting married, divorced, becoming a parent, your financial situations changed, any of that stuff, you just want to make sure that you uh, review that and get it updated. Naming beneficiaries. So this one is really important is to review this. We've had new clients over the years where they come to us and we they're, they're, everything transfers over and we do our review like we always do with their portfolio and we review the beneficiaries. It's actually on our agenda check sheets for every meeting and just to remind clients of who it is and all of that. And you can imagine that sometimes we see surprises on their face when the accounts are transferred over and they've never reviewed it. And they're like, what my, I've been married for however long and their parent is still on it, ex-partner or spouse. And I think we've all heard horror stories of people passing away and the proceeds going to an ex-spouse, even though they've been remarried for a while. So obviously those are pretty important to make sure that, that you change those. Also too, it's, you have to remember we have, we have a lot of retirees. So we, unfortunately, we have a lot of widows uh, go, go through that tough time. So we have to make sure that obviously those beneficiaries are now changed when that happens. And you can name beneficiaries on life insurance, pensions, uh, if you have critical illness policies, even the, the return of premium on those, you can name a beneficiary on. Any registered account, RSP, RIF, Lira, LIF, um, you can name a beneficiary. Now, if you're married, um, it's going to be your spouse for a lot of those. But for people that aren't in that, you just want to make sure there's beneficiaries on it. For non-registered money, you, the only thing you can name a beneficiary on is if the money is in a segregated fund from an insurance company. So just things to pay attention to there. Getting or creating a financial organizer. So this would be a file or a binder with everything organized in case a spouse, child, or executive needs to access this once you're either incapacitated or you've passed. There's Companies now coming out with cloud versions of this um, with obviously safety is number one and security. So there is more options for this coming out. 
And basically it's just a one-stop place to keep essential information and documents for ongoing reference and emergencies. So what we do have right now is that we have, it's a binder, it's a financial organizer. We have clients complete this and we review it every two years from that point. Uh, we only, a lot of clients want the binder and want to get going on it, but we'll only do it once we get the will. We have confirmation that the will's done because we want to make sure we give them a kick in the butt to get the will done. And our financial organizers, we make sure that like, we have the clients go through it. But what, one of the most important sections in that binder for us is the second last tab in it, which we call the estate directory. So we want to make sure that that is always completed. It takes a bit of work, but once it's done, it's done. And it's just simple updating now as you go forward. And it has a list of important documents, such as like marriage license, the deed to the house, medical contacts, like your advisors, financial lawyer, accountant, bank accounts, property. Uh, we also do a thing that's like a what what's in your wallet section. If a client chooses to photocopy everything that's in their wallet and put it in the back of that, even we've had some clients even put Facebook passwords. So. Uh, our clients do love these binders because it, it just keeps everything organized. And I always say like, you want to make sure it's somewhere safe that you're not going to obviously have it on the coffee table, but you, you want to make sure that it's somewhere secure and that your executor, kids, whoever know where it is. And it's not even just that too. It's some like a lot of relationships. One of the individuals is more in charge of the finances than the other. Well, if that individual passes away, it's just great for that binder for the husband or wife that isn't as involved to have that. So it's a pretty important thing to have your life insurance. So reviewing that your life insurance requirements will evolve as you get older and someone with a spouse and child, they're like, obviously they're going to need more insurance than someone that's not married. You want to just kind of in, like research how much life insurance you need. Now, of course, advisors will be able to help you with this and you, you can find many life insurance calculators online, which is a good idea because you're going to put in your information and it's going to spit out a number of basically what you need. And maybe you don't want exactly what it's telling you, but it's giving you a pretty good idea. We do that. We do insurance analysis for our clients. And I'm like, if it comes out that you need 5 million bucks and you choose a hundred thousand, then that's fine. That's on you. We just want to make sure you understand based on your answers, how much you should have. So it is important because when we've done that for new clients coming in, some have been very underinsured and some have been overinsured. So you just want to make sure that it's appropriate and that you can sleep soundly at night and that you have the appropriate amount that your family needs. Because a lot of people, if you just have it through the bank and have mortgage insurance, well, I don't even need to see into your financial picture a lot of times to tell you that's not going to be enough if you have a young family. Because if it just pays off the mortgage, there's still going to be a heck of a lot of expenses with young kids if you have two or three and you're going to need more than that. And that's where going through an insurance analysis or insurance calculator will let you know. The other thing is, if you already have life insurance, which is great, a lot of the young couples, they have term insurance, which means it has a duration. It eventually expires. It's usually 10 to 20 years. It's actually pretty scary how fast that time goes by because I have people coming up on 10, 15, 20-year renewals, and it's just incredible how fast the time goes by. Anyways, you don't want to wait till the last month that it's about to expire and now try and figure out your options. You want to figure that out well in advance before the expiry date. So just important to review that. Uh, making sure you have a portion of your portfolio invested in alternative investments. I am a very big advocate of this. I've done a couple podcasts on this. It's very important to have a portion of this in your portfolio, especially now. 
Uh, and what alternative investments are is private debt, equity, and real estate. So as I mentioned, you've heard me talk about this before. It basically alternative investments is an, a financial asset that they don't, it doesn't fall into one of the conventional or traditional asset classes such as stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. Therefore, they're not tied to the public markets like conventional assets. And the three main reasons that you would want those in your portfolio is to incrementally increase returns more than increase the risk, to incrementally decrease risk uh, less than decrease the returns, and to increase absolute returns, which is basically a positive return in various market conditions. That's why pension funds like these like alternative investments so much. Therefore, you're making the portfolio much more resistant to losses during bear markets, which we're seeing them protect significantly right now in these current market conditions. So that is very, very important. Using tax-free savings accounts properly. So many people put money in these accounts, just they'll just use it as a savings account. Hey, it says savings in the title. So it's maybe that's what it's for. No, it shouldn't be to use it properly. Now, of course, you can use it any way you want. I'm just trying to give you tips on to do to be able to create wealth as efficiently as you can. So a lot of people will just keep money in this to pay, say, a tax bill. I'm going to put money in here and, and when my taxes do, I'm going to pay it from my tax-free savings account. Or I'm just going to put it in here and it's going to make me half a percent or maybe 1% now as the interest rates have slightly gone up. These vehicles are so important because it's the only way that you can make money completely tax-free. So there's other ways that you can make money tax-deferred, but not tax-free. And that's why I'm, I ask clients, like, is 1%, your, your TFSA is at the bank and it's making you now 1%. Is that going to change your net worth, your life? Well, no, not really. And the problem is many people don't know that they can invest the money in their TFSA in other options. Like you could, if you wanted, invest your TFSA in the same way you've invested your RSP. Now you got to make sure that they're both for retirement and the same purpose, because you're not going to invest in the same way if they're meant for different outcomes. But it gives you the idea because a lot of people are, are had no idea that you can invest the tax-free savings account in other options. And we've had many clients come over and they're just, they just didn't know that they could have money in stocks or mutual funds and attempt to achieve a higher return in their tax-free savings account. Why these will become even more valuable as time goes on is we are going to see taxation increases. And as, TF, as that happens, the importance of having these TFSAs in your financial arsenal is only going to go up. And for anyone that's even in, as a high income earner, these TFSAs become even more valuable because your marginal tax rate is obviously higher than someone's that's, that has a lower income. So the tax-free savings accounts are even more valuable to you as a high income earner. So the bottom line is, is to make sure that these TFSAs are invested and over the course, make sure it's invested appropriately, obviously, to your risk level. That you're not going to just go ridiculously aggressive if that's not appropriate to your risk level. But I just want to get the idea here to people that don't just think it has to be in a 1% or less savings. You can invest these and they should be invested because to make real wealth and get a good return that's completely tax-free, well, that's a pretty good thing. So I'm always urging people, my clients, I, I don't care if it's only a little bit, put something away yearly, monthly, whatever you can, uh, as long as they have the contribution room, which many people do because many Canadians don't take full advantage of this. It's just important to have money going in there regularly. The RSPs, as I mentioned, I was going to touch on this. So contributing to RESPs if your children are under 17 years of age. Now you can contribute after age 17, but you're not getting the grants. 
And most people that put money in these education funds for kids, they want the grants, obviously. So the RESPs offer a method, RESPs, I want to make sure that you're able to hear that in the podcast, the education savings plans, offer a method to save towards your kid's post-secondary education. And it provides a tax saving opportunity like RSPs, like the investments grow tax-free with the plan and the growth is generally taxed in the hands of the recipient, which is the child and the student. And many times they don't make much, if anything. So there's very little, if any, tax paid based on that. The federal government offers the Canadian Education Savings Grants, which match up 20% on the first $2,500 of the RSP contributions annually to a lifetime maximum of $7,200. So basically, you're able to receive these grants until the child is 17 years of age. So that means for the first $2,500 that you put in for each child, you're getting basically a guaranteed return of 20% on your money. And we all know that education costs for kids are not going down. So very important if you have any cash flow that you can to trickle that in per month. Don't You don't want to wait like the example I gave to the couples late in their 50s or 60s, and they just didn't put as much aside as they should have. And I've had some some clients say, well, when we get to that 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 uh, that bridge, we'll just um, use lines of credits or something to help the kids then. Well, if you can put some money in now that's going to grow tax-free plus get a 20% return on that because of the grants, that's a pretty good thing to be able to have. All right, Patrice, I'm going to go with my last one here. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing very, very well. Yeah, Keep it up. I know. I mean, I, I have my coffee here. I didn't even have a second here to grab it. So All right. um, I'm going to, the last one is, so this is my last one. It's very applicable right now. Dealing with economic uncertainties and volatile markets, which is happening right now. 2022 has not been an easy year so far in regards to markets. Market uncertainty can naturally cause obviously panic and lead to poor investment decisions from people because obviously they're emotionally attached to their money and they start to feel all this doom and gloom around them and they may make some bad decisions. But by recognizing short-term market uncertainty for what it is, you can help ensure that this doesn't derail your long-term financial plan. And whether we like it or not, investing in risk, it, it's a package deal. You, you can't really have one without the other. And I always tell my clients the, the cost of admission of having or making a return over the long term compared to just having money in a bank account is at some point, it's not if, it's when, you're going to have to stomach some ups and downs. It's not a straight line. And the key to long-term investment success is to manage your exposure to risk by using just simply, as I mentioned, time and diversification to your advantage. And when and if that time comes that you're completely stressed out by all this doom and gloom and all this stuff around you in regards to markets, that is when you should absolutely be reaching out to your advisor since one of the biggest values we offer is being able to provide behavioral coaching to avoid clients from making irrational decisions to their portfolios in those tough times. Uh, so really important that just reach out. Like that's the whole point of us being here as a resource to help guide you through these because it's like I said, we know that this is coming. It, you're, it's not going to always be a straight line. So we just have to make sure that we keep everything in check and keep on track with the financial plan and review your financial plan, because that's the, that's the, the biggest thing is when really tough times and I show clients the retirement income projection plans and I put in the values of the portfolio and the market drop, I'm like, you see, even with this, we're still good. 
So it'll come back and we're going to be fine. And then you can, you feel the sense of calm um, with the client once they see that. And it's just, there's a that simple, there's so many storm sayings, but the one is stop trying to calm the storm, calm yourself, the storm will pass. And that's pretty much it. So there you have it. Patrice, I think I got through 15 pretty quick. <laughs> you did, you did indeed. And they were some very, very great hits. I think the bottom bottom line here is find your financial advisor's phone number, call them and say, I need to talk about this further. Yep. All right. Chris, again, that was outstanding. And how can listeners reach you for more information? As always, we just through the contact page on the website. You can even book appointments right through that. Uh, it gets right into my schedule and it's threehatsfinancial.ca. For more quick hits and in-depth financial insights, follow this podcast, The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth, and please share with others. I'm Patrice Sikora. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. The asset classes featured in this podcast are for illustration purposes only. This should not be viewed as a solicitation of buy or sell. Always talk to a professional before investing to know if the product is right for you. Past performance does not necessarily predict future results. Each asset class has its own risks.